Hi, I'm Dan Wilton, the CEO of First Mining Gold. First Mining is a project developer with two world-class assets in Tier 1 jurisdictions in Canada. We're moving those forward toward uh, significant milestones in the next 12 to 24 months. Right. You say that, but look at your share price. It's down. It's been hammered like a lot of precious metal companies, like like a lot of, lot of companies at the moment. Um, you are a $160, $165 million company, so... Why should people be why should people be buying your stock, your shares? Well, I mean, we've talked about it before uh, extensively. I'm a big believer in fundamentals, right? And I think whenever you're looking at these uh, environments, market environments like this, as a value investor, you need to be looking at the fundamentals of companies. And the reality is, I think we're sitting in a situation right now where a number of really good stocks are very heavily discounted. This is uh, this is an environment where, um, and and us, I think it's going to get worse uh, over the course of the next couple of months here as we come into tax loss selling. But uh, I was at a conference last week, and just the the sentiment and what we're hearing around the industry is very much like 2015. So why why first mining? Why now? It's very simple. You know, there are companies that take advantage of opportunities like this. As we have, we've added our Duparquet project and consolidated, you know, a five million ounce plus gold project in a tier one jurisdiction in Quebec. Um, and, you know, we're starting to move that forward and start to surface the value there. At the same time, we've got our five million ounce spring pole project moving through the environmental assessment process and the feasibility process. So really advanced stage quality projects in tier one jurisdictions. And I think we will get through this environment, and when we when we come out of this environment, I think uh, those investors that have taken advantage of some of this discounting that's going on right now, I think, are going to see multiples of return. Okay, but but give me give me okay, help me here. Um, dumb retail here. I you know I, I I need all help I can get. Okay. Um, I want to understand what your looky likey reference was. 2015. What happened in 2015, which is like today, and what were the outcomes? Um, after, after what, well, whatever happened in 2015? Yeah, so 2015, I'll tell you a little anecdote. I remember I was working as a private equity investor at the time, uh, and I came to uh, a conference in late November in London, and uh, this was amongst the most depressed mining investor sentiments that we had seen. The mining sort of uh, share price, uh, share prices in the market had peaked in April of 2011, and you'd seen four years of continuous outflow of capital from the sector. Even just the, the basic capital for advancing projects was very, very hard to come by. You had some real structural changes in investment, you know, investors in the industry as institutions kind of walked away from the, the exploration and development sector. And so it was a really difficult time. And the gold price had come down from 1900 to 1100. So what we're looking at today looks and feels from an access to capital and investor interest standpoint, it looks and feels a lot like that time in 2015. But we're sitting with a gold price now, which is, you know, hanging in in the in the mid to high 1600s. It's had a pullback from uh, from a couple of pushes to 2000. But the macro fundamental setup today is so much better for gold than what we've seen really any time in the last 40 years with inflation where it is, where, you know, 
people in search of safe assets in places where you know we're starting to see real challenges to financial systems this is a time that gold will shine and i think you know interestingly we get hung up on the gold price in the us dollar but when you look at the gold price in almost every other currency it's at or near all time highs so gold's doing its job in sterling it's doing its job in euro it's doing its job in yen um, it's providing that safe haven, but that is absolutely not reflected in the underlying value of, uh, of the shares of companies that are advancing gold projects. Right, but, you, but okay, I hear what you're saying, but it, it kind of feels like the usual gold bear, gold bug argument is like gold will do its thing. It's not doing its thing right now. So, so what's... And you're going to say, well, it will. Give it time. It's like, okay, we've got tax loss season at the end of this year in, in, yeah. in, in Canada. Um, obviously, you know, we'll have, we'll have an impact. It always does. The, the, the charts usually look the same there. But if, if it is to do its job, when does it do its job? And quite frankly, what's the opportunity for me as an investor? Poor, poor old me. I'm looking for deals. So where are they? How do I identify them? Because all companies' charts look the same at the moment. Yeah, they do. And I think, you know, that's where if I'm looking across the the mining company spectrum, uh, you can be looking at, you know, explorers and a number of explorers with new discoveries are still holding 500 million to billion dollar market caps. You can look at producers all the way up to large cap producers where you'll have exposure to gold price increase. You'll have some of the, the operating leverage. But the part of the market that right now is the most unloved and the most on sale is the development sector. And I think if you look across, you know, companies like First Mining, uh, many other companies advancing projects, um, you've seen those share prices down this year, you know, in many cases, 50 to 70 percent. Now, ours has held in a little bit better than some, but still, I think you've got that that point where this part of the mining sector is so on sale, you're seeing valuations that are 20% of where they would normally be across a cycle. And I think that's where, you know, the industry is going to need these projects. And at some point when you start getting funds, a flow of funds back into mining developers, I think you'll see these things turn around very quickly. So the opportunity is to get great assets at, heavily discounted prices, particularly over the course of the next, you know, six to eight weeks. Okay, but what I, what I don't want to do is I don't want to get confused with big discounts and good companies. All companies are discounted, some more than others. And it would be easy for me to say, well, well, they'll all recover to where they were before. Um, so therefore, I'm going to go for the most heavily discounted ones, where they've seen 50, 70% discounts to their, you know, 52-week highs, um, because that's going to give me the biggest return. Would, would that be a smart move? Uh, I think you always have to have a very close look at the quality, the underlying fundamental value, and the quality of the assets that are underlying the companies. Uh, there are. So give, give, give me that in English, Dan. Give me, you know, you're a finance guy, you're a money guy. Give, give it to me in English. What, what, what does that mean? What am I actually looking for? Fundamental values means what? I think what you're looking for are uh, companies with large scale, globally significant projects in tier one jurisdictions. 
and with uh, significant catalysts coming up over the course of the next 18 to 24 months. That's where you're going to get that multiple, multiple bang for your buck. What's the catalyst mean these days? Because I've seen people put out good DFSs and the market doesn't care. So what does that actually, again, convert into? Do I need to see you know, the, 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 the price per ounce in the ground? Do I need to sort of see some sort of economics attached to this? Do I need to see scale? Give me, give me some things I can latch on to. Yeah, I, I think the big ones are, you know, particularly germane uh, for what we are doing is advancing through permitting processes which is one of the things that investors have been avoiding almost at all cost over the course of the last couple of years. But demonstrating progress going through uh, permitting processes to get to those key value milestones, which in the last couple of years haven't been big drivers of share price appreciation, but they have been drivers of strategic interest which is ultimately the thing that really underpins this value. If you have a really strategic project, at some point there will be a mining company that needs to build that project. And they haven't been in that position recently, but that will come. So I think it's, I do think it is putting out compelling economics. I think it's tough to find, you know, feasibility studies that people get really excited about now. There's a high degree of skepticism in an inflationary environment. But you have to put a pin in some of these economics sometime. And, uh, you know, I think still um, being able to put out something that looks robust in this environment where it's changing, that, that demonstrates the leverage that you have to an increasing gold price. I think all of those things continue to take risk out of the projects. And when you take risk out of the projects, you should see them reflect higher value going forward. Okay. And I think one thing I don't think you mentioned here is basically those lucky enough to have cash, whether deliberately timing it right, or those lucky enough to time it right, um, are in a better possession than most, because it kind of gives the company optionality in terms of how it moves forward and how it progresses as well. I think that's, that's definitely worth noting, because <clears throat> what will happen soon is when companies do need to go to market, the cost of that capital, it could put a hole in the side of the ship. Yes. Right? Yep, absolutely. That's a real problem. No, absolutely. And that's the other very important thing to be looking for companies that are well financed and have uh, other opportunities potentially other than just raising equity at whatever price they have to in order to move the projects forward. So, for example, in First Mining Gold, we've got a portfolio of other projects that we brought partners in on. We have share interests in those projects. We have project interests. We have royalties in those projects. So all of those things really give us some financial flexibility uh, to, to have alternatives to just straight equity dilution moving forward. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think, I think, I think time's gonna be a killer for a lot of companies as well. So the cost of capital on time for me seems to be, are the, are the big ones. So you, I think, are we in violent agreement here? You basically gotta pick the companies with strong fundamentals based on what the asset looks like and what the company's gonna be able to do with that asset in, in the near term because they've got cash. Um, management teams have got a plan and they've clearly articulated that. That helps. Um, and clearly, hopefully, you know, the, the, the price of gold you know, does start to move or precious metal or whatever your metals are that you're invested in do start to move will help. But the, the kind of cost environment doesn't look like it's gonna give much back anytime soon, does it? You know, I I would question that assumption. I think, you know, if we are truly heading into recessionary times, 
I think you are going to see important changes in the prices of particularly some of the things that really ran away on you. Labor, labor, no. Labor is going to be tough, I think. We're into the beginning stages of a, of a series of wage push inflation, and I, and I think that's going to be really hard to break. And we're not going to break it without some real pain in the economy. But commodity prices, prices of structural steel, um, you know, and to the degree that uh, construction starts slowing down, sometimes that availability of good quality construction resources, a lot of engineering talent, a lot of those things are going to come back into, you know, long-term averages as opposed to people who were putting out feasibility studies trying to, you know, trying to quantify these things over the course of the last couple of years when, you know, they were doubling and tripling. You know, your energy, your energy costs, for example, um, you know, over the longer term, uh, I think you want to be cautious about companies that are really, really heavily reliant on diesel because we've seen that can that can really pinch, uh, and I think there's situations where it, it might yet pinch going forward. Um, but you know, if you have companies that are reliant on less volatile sources of energy, connected to electric grids and things like that, I think you know you can you can weather this storm. So um, yeah, I, I think those economic studies are important to see come around and. And uh, I think they do still help give a real window on that fundamental value of these companies. Right. I mean, you've got to stay in the game to play the game. So are you confident First Mining will be around when we come out of this cycle? I'm very confident we'll be around, you know, again, by virtue of the fact that we've got a lot of optionality with a couple of big projects and with uh, a number of other assets in our portfolio that give us alternatives to equity dilution. Um, you know, you have to make some hard choices. You always do. But I think those are those are situations, you know, that um, you with more flexibility, you have more alternatives. It tends to breed more alternatives. So. Right. OK. And I think so. I got a, I got a quote, slightly threatening quote um, <laughs> from your, your shareholders. Going, it, it's uh, obviously it's not Mr. Neumeier's first rodeo. And. Um, is he still behind this and the way that this is playing out with this kind of portfolio approach of yours? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, you know, us uh, acquiring Duparquet was, you know, six years on was fulfilling one of uh, Keith's original visions for first mining and one of the favorite assets that he put together. What a lot of people forget, Matt, is that these, all the projects that we have were acquired the first time in 2015, 2016, our portfolio was put together in that last downturn of the market where these assets were acquired at, you know, $10 an ounce because you couldn't explore for and find ounces cheaper than you could buy them. We're right back in that situation now, right? This is a time with conviction and with a little bit of capital, you can do some really amazing things. And I think we have by increasing our resources by 40% uh, by virtue of the Duparquet acquisition, adding another globally significant project in a tier one jurisdiction. Like these opportunities don't come around very often in a cycle or very often in a career. And we've been able to do that. And in part, we're able to do that because we have great shareholder base that are long-term, you know, supporters and followers of Keith Newmeyer, and Keith is a very actively engaged chair, uh, and you know, really has uh, has 
given us this opportunity that we have by virtue of some of the decisions that he and others made six years ago to put this portfolio together. Okay, so a contrarian's dream, is that what you're saying? (laughs) I like to think that, uh, you know, there are more opportunities sitting out here, and I think if you have the capability to pull them together, you know, this is where we're, we're sitting today, we think on, call it a couple of billion dollars of asset value and trading, as you pointed out, at a kind of 160 million market cap. Um, there are more opportunities to, to be accretive in this environment. You know, you have to be open to them. Um, but this is the time when you can uh, have some really, truly extraordinary outcomes by having the flexibility to take advantage of opportunities that come. So it's not just this portfolio that we have, but there are, you know, you always have to be looking for what this opportunity opens up. Because for all that we're, as I said, we're wringing our hands and the industry's wringing our hands about valuations, you know, we're still holding on to, uh, you know, a, a market cap that does give you some flexibility to think about how you might position, you know, to make the company even stronger for the longer term.